0: everybody and welcome to another edition of the world football index globe podcast today i'm delighted to be joined by a very special guest in the form of lutz fannenstiel uh he is a coach at hoffenheim and and a, and a whole lot more i think it's his second appearance on uh on world football index with us he was on with dylan at one point uh lutz first of all very very welcome back delighted to have you here today how are you
1: yeah very good we're all very very excited to and looking really forward to the first time uh, having actually an international game or a Champions League game in Hoffenheim.
0: Wow, yeah, so we're, we're going to get into that a little bit. But maybe for the benefit of our, our listeners, and you know, you've you've quite a CV there, <laughs> quite a playing career as well. Maybe you would like to just fill uh, our listeners in just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I
1: just give you the basics, otherwise it will take up the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, um, well, I'm a former goalkeeper. I, I represented Germany up to under 20 level. And I'm probably famous for being the only footballer in the world, having played in all six FIFA confederations uh, for a total of 25 clubs in 13 countries. And so basically I played in England, in Brazil, in South Africa, in Australia, New Zealand, in the United States, and of course in Europe and Asia. And um, after my playing career, I stopped when I was 38. I was doing straightaway coaching. I was also a national coach in Africa. And now since 2010, since basically seven years, I'm in Hoffenheim as a a director of scouting and international relations where I'm, uh, yeah, responsible for the recruitment and basically supporting our sports director and head coach in uh, selling and buying players.
0: Well, I think Hoffenheim is where we will begin, Lutz. Getting a little bit into the the recruitment and scouting system, you know, the, the German model is, I think, exemplary. Um, you, you know, it's not this crazy money that we see in the Premier League. Everything is very sustainable. Everything's done very well. You've even got your 50 plus one on ownership rules there. Um, but, you know, what kind of an effect would that have? Maybe, maybe that would differ from what we see in the English model or the Spanish model. Um, you know, for, for a club coming to you as their scout, what, what kind of instructions do they give you and, and what kind of a brief do they give you whenever you go into these uh, these scouting missions for them? Yeah,
1: for us, it's. Uh, I would say you know we having like a different kind of look at views from the start. I mean, our our aim is to develop our own players. So in Germany, like since the early two thousands, uh, things were really changing when it came to the youth academy system. So it was uh, suddenly become very very important to to have basically changing the way we trying to find our players, the way we educate our coaches. So this this Ma- major changes in the German FA. Uh, it took quite some time till they really, really uh, had, some, had some success to be seen. I think that's what you see now that Germany became world champion and, and, and doing quite well in, internationally is, is actually the, the result of, of that changes. And yeah, coming to Hoffenheim, I mean, well, we are a club where we had always a very solid financial system where we never really overspend on crazy money, and our aim was always to to find our own local German players, build them through the under-15, under-17, under-19 into the first team, which which uh, in the last year, with Niklas Süle, uh, Nadi Mamiri, Philip Ox, Jeremy Tolia, and we had lots of players which actually came through our under-17 into the first team and were starting players. But... Um, Of course, you not just can rely on German players, so we also need to be internationally, I would say, active. And, well, there we have already the bridge to to Liverpool, like Roberto Firmino was a typical player which uh, which came to to Offenheim. We played in the second league in in Brazil. Not many people actually knew him in Germany. But through our very good relation to an agency, which was over... I would say we decades now, very successful, bringing top Brazilian players into the German market. We always looked at very young talents. And yeah, Roberto was one of these uh, prime examples that we got a player not known, even in Brazil, to Germany. And he then went through our, well, through our, I would say, philosophy, through our system, which we want to play football. And, you know, well, now he's not in Hoffenheim anymore, he's in Liverpool. Uh, but what do we look at? I think it's just a, a pretty, well, I would say individual philosophy, which we, have. we want to play our own kind of football. Uh, it should be a mixture between entertaining but also successful. And if you're looking also as now the whole world talks about him, our coach, Julian Nordismond, well, he's you know also a coach. Now he's the head coach, but he used to be our under-17 coach, our under-19 coach shortly also an assistant coach to the to another coach who worked before but he started to work before in 1860 Munich before he came as a very very young coach to Offenheim, and he somehow was from the start involved exactly in that philosophy and playing style so I think we're just building up everything on a very uh, continuous uh, kind of system where everybody knows what to do when to do and uh, trying to really uh, yeah look after that and, and playing it from the and the 12s up to the professional team in a similar kind of line.
0: Indeed, and you mentioned Nagelsmann there, uh, obviously uh, the manager. And, you know, obviously, as you say, he's been with the club a sufficient amount of time. There's a very very clear philosophy. I, I get the feeling at at Hoffenheim, and I take it that he is just a continuation. Obviously, he has his own ideas and his playing styles and so on. But the the ultimate philosophy of the club remains unchanged with with managerial changes. Lutz, or you know, we we see it in the rest of Europe. A new manager can come in and a new broom can sweep away all the players and so on. But I think in Germany, it's maybe more than more apparent than maybe the rest of Europe. The philosophy generally stays the same. Would you expect that?
1: Yeah, I think this is one of the the keys to to succeed because you know, especially in, I would say, in some of the southern countries where a new coach comes in, takes in the new coaching stuff, and and brings in the new youth coaches and everything from the system to the playing style to the way people actually behave and living their their whole, uh, um, I would say, rules of the club. It just changes with the manager. That is something which not just in Hoffenheim, but in most of the German clubs is not the case. We are having a a clear way of football which everybody in the club knows and uh, you know and that basically the players which coming in they're working with the coach which is there. but if a coach would be dismissed, the style won't really change big time. Of course there will be always slight technical changes which is normal. but in the end of the day I think German clubs they choose their coaches after the way the philosophy in the club is built and not the other way around.
0: And obviously, as a scout, you know you'll get your instructions based upon those tactics and philosophy. I take it it makes your job very, very easy year on year that you know roughly, uh, you know what, what you know what roughly what what the philosophy of the club's going to be long term. So therefore, for scouting players, you can you know you can get down to work uh, and work all year in in the solid knowledge that nothing is going to change.
1: Yeah, we we do obviously know pretty much what our certain position, what we are looking for, what, what should be the strengths, what should be the physical uh, basics a player should have. But, uh, you know, in the end of the day, uh, well, you see now the way it is in the Premier League, most of the clubs, they're chasing the same players and the same players are the best players and the best players cost an unbelievable amount of money. Where German clubs, except maybe by Munich and Borussia Dortmund, just simply don't have the finances to, to go into the race for the for the big money. I mean, German clubs, I don't think they actually want to compete when it comes to transfer fees with Barcelona, Real Madrid, Paris, Saint-Germain or most of the English clubs. It's not really worth it to, to pay for a human being 100 million pounds or 100 million euros. I, th- I personally think nobody is worth that amount of money.
0: Never mind two hundred and so, twenty two you know,
1: million euros. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just it's just completely over the top. So I mean I think we all need to to uh, be aware that yeah, money, business and football belongs together and that the, the, the wages and the transfer fees they do grow and they did grow a lot in the last years. But the the heights which are reached now in this transfer window I would actually call it a little bit sick. You know, uh, it doesn't have any kind of, if you put it in relation with people in Africa and South America really struggling to eat and struggling to live, then uh, I think it takes a little bit too much away from the real world. However, coming back to Germany, so I think that we do have to start with our scouting, with our uh, recruiting players quite early and go for players which are not at the top, top, top level when we take them in. But then, improving them piece by piece when they're coming. Um, well, and this is one of the things which I observed in the last uh, one and a half years now since one uh, is actually our, our in in and that every single player who we worked with became better. So he really have that unique talent to make every player better, uh, pull another 10, 20% out of players which are really everybody believed they already reached the limit and especially with young players Players which nobody had on the well on the radar that they could become absolute top players. He managed to, to really improve them drastically, and that is, I would say, one of the reasons why uh, we had this really brilliant season last year with a uh, well best finish ever, fourth position, and which brought us now the opportunity to play Champions League qualification.
0: No, indeed. And, you know, obviously when, when, when you would get instructions for, from the club to look at a certain player, you know, from, from what you're saying there, you're very much looking for a, a rough diamond that you can polish up. And, and obviously, I would imagine in, in your instructions, are, is the sell-on value, the resale value, um, once you polish this diamond, how much of a factor is that in, in the instructions you would get from the club
1: yeah, I mean, it has nothing really to do now with the scouting instruction. That's a general uh, philosophy part, point which we have that uh, we do see as ourselves as a development club, meaning it should be a club where we bring players in for uh, cheaper money or for decent money, for normal money or in the use for free transfers. And these players, they do uh, getting through the ranks, they, they they increasing the value. And obviously the market price goes up and that's like the club. Uh, started to actually, uh yeah, well, I mean, earn money, you know, with Kevin Folland, German international, which went to, to Leverkusen for 20 million. Now, uh, Niki Sule, one of the biggest central defensive talents, I would say in Europe, which went to Bayern Munich, or Firmino, which went for a big record sum, uh, Liverpool. There is guys which, which really, uh, kind of came, uh, as youngsters with no value or very cheap value. And, uh, over the years, that value was increased. That's how the, the club is actually living. That's how we finance our our, our, our whole youth through that uh, transfer uh, increase we get in. So, of course, our main eye is on youngsters, all players also from the smaller leagues, we can which we can make better, jumping into the Bundesliga perform there. And if a player is ready to move the next step and really goes to a bigger and better club, and I think uh, so far, Hofferham was always there with an the open ear and not just out of a financial reason, also to, to give the player the opportunity to play at the highest level possible.
0: No, indeed. And, you know, sometimes we would see in scouting and some, you know, obviously I live in South America and some some, of you know, the, the other expats, we run a podcast here and some of our complaint is always that scouts seem to overlook South America greatly. Uh, but from what you're from what you're telling me, it doesn't appear to be the case at Hoffenheim. You know, there's countries like Bolivia there that has. A, there's still a few sort of a few gems there that could be polished up, but no one in Europe seems to be looking at them. You know, when when you initially start with a player, how far does that catchment? How far does that net go? When you look at a player, are you willing to to, to go global?
1: Yeah, it depends a bit in our in our youth system. Also, you know, when it comes to the under seventeen up to the under 19s we we're not really looking that global yet. It is more uh, as 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 younger the team gets, as, as smaller the circles of of scouting is going, which is normal. Uh, but when it comes to the under nineteen, which uh, three years ago was German champion, or even then in the professional team, of course you're going to to look uh, into the global market. However, if you look at our squad at the moment, we don't have that many non-European foreigners at the moment in the squad. Uh, you know, our, our, our well, I would say, main view was on on German-speaking players. We have some Austrian players, we have some Swiss players, uh, we have some Scandinavian players. So uh, that is basically just what brings the market, also what brings what the system you play, what really fits at the moment the best in the team. Uh, but, uh, in general, you can say, well, I mean, if you find a top player from, from Mozambique or a top player from, from Burundi or a top player from anywhere in the world, then, well, he will always have a chance to play for a big club in Germany. But at this moment in time, we having, well, you know, a very, very balanced squad. There is not many players from exotic countries in there. So this was the way we, 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 we worked in the last two, three years, which brought us now also the biggest success so far we had. So this is the route we're going at the moment, but as you know, you know if you're getting your finger on a top talent from another country, of course every club will do it
0: no oh, indeed and and let's move in and talk a little bit about Nagelsmann. you know have things changed at Hoffenheim from his arrival and 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 if so what 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 changes has he brought? Well, I think you
1: just have to look at him as the as the, as the whole package he took over when he was uh uh twenty twenty eight and a bit you know now now he just turned thirty I mean with thirty years players are still i would say just about to have the best age as a professional footballer. But in his case, he had to, he was, I mean, still can see now and we're playing for fun that he, he was a very, very good footballer with a great mind on the field as well. But he had to unfortunately stop his career quite early through some injuries and he got into coaching very, very early. So uh, when people talking about, well, he's a very young coach, yes, by age he is. But if you're looking at the years, he is, he is already coaching. He's not such a a young coach because he worked for like around over 10 years uh, now at at very good level, youth level and professional level at big clubs in Germany. So he has already experience at that level. And of course, the the number 30 years old is a little bit misleading. Uh, But if you're looking at the real numbers and statistics, how many games he has already under his coaching belt, then it is already a big number. What has changed? Well, as I mentioned before, I mean, he—I see him really. I always say the word "talent." Talented coach uh, is, uh, yes, of course, you can use it because of, of his young age, but he's more than just a talented coach because he's already there where uh, you know a top coach has to be. He works top class on the training field, really see exactly where the weaknesses and the strengths of each player is, and he manages to improve every single player. So if you're watching a whole trainings week, you can really see at certain parts the difference. And also his tactical understanding from from being able to react on the field and change the system if necessary or adjust little things, which just is a few seconds. He has that magic eye to really uh, uh, do that. And, well, that is what, what was the major change since he, since he took over. Um, he says from himself, well, yes, I'm young, but I, I speak in some ways the language of the players. Which also helps, you know, in, in the direct contact with the players, that he has a very, very intelligent but direct way of explaining things. And yeah, so you know, to be honest, uh, since he took over, uh, we did have a big improvement within the within the squad. We, the results were coming along, and uh, it's of course a uh, uh, Ulen plays a huge part that uh, we we are there where we
0: are right now. Thinking about the project that, that Nagelsmann has there, you know, we we often hear, especially in English clubs, you know, it's all reliant on on Champions League football. But you know, is is Hoffenheim now becoming reliant on Champions League football, or do you still consider it a bonus?
1: No, I mean, now we're coming to talk about the game against Liverpool as well, and you know, we have to be very honest. I think for every single player, it's like a treat. Uh, like uh, you know, we had a good season, and now you're getting drawn. Liverpool many people especially the media was oh, it's a shocking draw for Hoffenheim and within the club within the sports department within the team we don't see it that way at all everybody is very very excited it's in a way for some of our players the biggest game ever you know to go to Anfield play there against one of the, the biggest clubs in the world uh, well you know I think everybody's burning to really get to Anfield as quick as possible and and, and, and give a good performance so uh, I see it really in a way there is nothing really for, for Hoffenheim to lose we will be there uh, give a 100% or more and uh, if we really manage to, 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 to get past Liverpool and I think uh, everything worked perfect but in the end of the day I think we are quite happy to say of course Liverpool is the favourite but we will try our best and and, and let's see in the next 10 days what's happening
0: yeah, I I sense from you that that you know Champions League football will not change the philosophy of this club. It is a very grounded, a very sensible um, business approach to the club and so on. That that you know from what you're saying there, Champions League just won't change that.
1: No, I think it's the most important that you know where you you know what you have done, where you came from, and also the budgets you have, the players you have. So if we would play Champions League, it would be absolutely brilliant, amazing. But in the end of the day, it will not now uh, make a club completely change uh, everything within the last year. So uh, the budget will not get higher. We will not try to make €100 million transfers. So we still will try to develop our own players. In the end of the day, nothing really will change. And I think we are, uh, you know, it just shows that uh, working for a few years, very, very hard, working for many, many years in the youth department, very, very good and very, very hard. It gives you the opportunity and now we are one step away from the Champions League group stage. And of course, there is a giant like Liverpool standing in the middle. But uh, I said it yesterday, you know, we had a talk in the team and I said, in the end of the day, if you reach that stage where it is now, it's two more games. Take it or leave it away from the Champions League group stage. So we're not driving or flying to Liverpool, listening to the cops saying like you never walk alone. Lie down on the floor cry and go back home that won't happen I think everybody wants to go that to succeed everybody wants that to win and if you reach that stage of the competition I think then uh, it is very clear that you want to go all the way and uh, I think yeah every you know I think everybody is really really happy and looking forward to this uh, uh, two games against the English Premier League it's not just it's not just uh, uh, a German team against Jurgen Klopp, which is a German coach. I think it's uh, it's also, again, like uh, a game, English Premier League against Bundesliga. For me, by a mile, the two best leagues in the world. Uh, of course, the Spanish league we shouldn't forget, but taking away Barcelona, Real Madrid and Atletico, then I think the rest is far away from England and Germany. So that's the, that's the way we see it. But uh, if anybody expects now that... Uh, the whole philosophy and the whole thinking about how we play football changes because the Champions League is very close Then uh, these people are very wrong.
0: Well, I would say, uh, I think from a Liverpool fan's perspective, I'm a little bit concerned about our draw against you guys. But we'll, I think we'll come to that in a minute. I'm, I'm just curious, uh, Lutz, you know, obviously you had a very good season last season. And, you know, if the effects if you have another good season, you know, could see you lose more players and, you know, maybe, uh, you know, dear or, you know, Amiri could maybe go next season. You know, how does a club like Hoffenheim, who, you know, is very good on, on the recruitment and youth, do you have replacements ready to go for these guys? You know, is are, will you be looking to develop from from your youth team in? Uh, is that the natural progression, or or would you go out and buy? Uh, is it, I take it it's it's not a great deal. You know, we have the Felipe Coutinho situation at Liverpool today, and, and the world is melting because there's no replacement in Germany. You always seem to have that Plan B. You always seem to be developing for that Plan B. Would that be uh, true of Hoffenheim?
1: Well, I think you always have to find the right mix. Um, well, as I mentioned before, for us, uh, our most important part of the club is our, our academy, where there is really a big number. We have the biggest number of German youth internationals in our squads. So, yes, this is the future, and this is the guys we want to give the next step and give the opportunity to come into the first team. Is it via the under-23 is it directly into the first team squad? This is something you have to see. But uh players you just mentioned, of course, you know, if you're having a good season there is lots of interest from other clubs in your players. This is a natural progression and, and every club in the world needs to needs to live with that. But uh I mean it's also clear that we won't be able to keep every single player. I mean it's also not not really uh, the way uh, the football world is, is going at the moment. So in the end of the day, Yes, I believe that we do have enough talent in our under 19, in our under 17, which will break through again into the first team. We had just now last weekend uh, against Polonia in our last pre-season friendly, uh, with Dennis Geiger, an 18-year-old German youth international, playing in the centre of midfield, uh, which, which also came through our, our ranks, and you know he's ready now to 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 play at at any level. Uh, just as mentioning one, and there is a big group of other players who can come through every year. So we are not really worried about that, that we have to lose players. We will lose other players, but at the same time, you can't just only bring up your own players. You need to, uh, I would say, uh, strengthen your squad very, very intelligent. And we have is Alexander Rosen, my boss, my sports director, uh, a very young, very intelligent sports director who knows exactly Uh, where and how he needs to really strengthen the squad not by bringing in 10 or 15 new guys like many other clubs do but just at the the most important parts where has to be I would say a little bit worked on with the right tools he always adds two or three players which are still in the financial budget and usually these guys, they're working perfectly i give you a few examples like Karim Demirbay, he was in Hamburg before and many people thought, well, you know, it doesn't really work out that well in the Bundesliga. He came to Hoffenheim. Now he replaced, he was actually with Germany at the Confederations Cup um, in Russia and, and, and represented a national team. Same as with Sandro Warner, which is a striker which we brought in from Darmstadt. He was instrumental last year to actually achieve uh, that fourth position with his goals and especially with his attitude in the field. And he also became a German international in the age of 29 uh, and and played at the Confederations Cup. So I think that is also that only develop your own guys will not work. You also need always to strengthen your squad with the right people, also not just on the field, but also off the field, which are right additions to the squad. And I think that is our our sports department with the sports director, Alexander Rosen, really worked out unbelievably well in the last years, and I think the, the right mixture is the, the secret.
0: It sounds a wonderful philosophy, but listen, I think I'd be remiss if we didn't actually touch on the, on the Champions League qualifier coming up. Um, you know, obviously, Lutz, uh, fr- from my Liverpool point of view, I- I'm a bit concerned about it, more than a bit concerned about it. You know, there'll be a big atmosphere in Hoffenheim, or there'll be a big atmosphere at Anfield, but uh, you know, given where we, are Liverpool, are at the moment, you must fancy your chances. Well, it's
1: for us the biggest game in the club's history for Liverpool it's just a normal game so this is a, a, really, a, a very I think important part uh, which uh, we have to look at it so um, yeah in the end of the day you know Liverpool had a decent finish in the Premier League but so did we in the German Bundesliga if Liverpool is the favourite yeah I have said that before I think they are on paper definitely the favourite but in the end of the day it's two games of 90 minutes, maybe an extra time, maybe a penalty shootout, but it's not a whole season. And uh, I believe many German journalists were like saying, like, "Oh, it's a it's a bad draw for Hoffenheim," but I'm 100% sure that in Liverpool, people will also say Hoffenheim is not the best draw for us. We could have played against another team as well. So in the end of the day, you know, it's it, it's one of these things where I say. We are really, really happy. We are pleased. We are excited to actually have the opportunity to to measure ourselves against one of the biggest teams ever, like the Liverpool. Probably, apart from Bayern Munich, the best team ever played in our arena next next Tuesday. So I think uh, Liverpool and the fans will be very welcome. You know, we will play a nice game of ninety minutes. And then let's see where we stand. I mean, we obviously we will fight till the end, and we will try our best and. In the end of the day, let the best men win
0: indeed and and just how important do you feel that home atmosphere at Hoffenheim will be you know obviously the, the first tie is there and and I think it's absolutely crucial that you would get something out of that, maybe even keep a clean sheet because Anfield under the night under those lights on a European night I've been there many many times lutz it, it's a very intimidating place, but you I think if Hoffenheim need to go there, they need to go there you know after a good performance uh, at home, would you agree?
1: Yeah, it's for us, you know. It's the debut, first time actually qualified for the international stage, so it's a, it's like a premiere. Like, you know, you obviously wanna wanna be the first time. You wanna do something special, and uh, we are very well aware that it's actually not just this one game in Hoffenheim. It is the second game in, in Liverpool, which will be even harder. Uh, so it is important that we will perform good, that we will show our teeth, and. And already make our mark that Liverpool will know what's happening when we are traveling to England the week after. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, the first game obviously gives a clear indication of where you stand. In the end of the day, it's just a very special game. Everybody was streaming about it for many, many years. Uh, but we have to be realistic. One One year ago, we nearly got relegated. You know, we just... Actually survived because we we did change the coach now it's over, and uh, then in the summer we brought in a good group of new players and we had that fantastic finish as a fourth position now suddenly you're playing for the Champions League so it's only one year between nearly getting relegated and then playing with the big boys in Europe so I think it's also important to you know to to keep your feet on the ground and to to look forward to the game and try your best.
0: And just one final question for you, how far do you think Nagelsmann can go in football as a manager? You you know, he's a very young man, uh, very, very young man by by management uh, comparisons. Um, Do you see him having a very, very long-term future in the game? Well, I don't know if he will have a
1: very long, long career, but I know that he will have a very, very successful career because he's already only 30 and already is quite far. So I really can see uh, uh, Julian Nagelsmann in the future as one of the best coaches I think uh, Germany ever had. And I think I'm also looking forward to the game Nagelsmann against Jurgen Klopp. You know, it's it's a very like a legendary German coach like Klopp, which is on the way to be also a true big, big legend in England against... uh, a young man which uh, has the brightest future, I think you can imagine, in, in, in front of his of, of his eyes now. Uh, so I really look forward to that and see what tactically both gentlemen have available for the supporters and for the staff and for the people on the TV on that Tuesday night.
0: I think you're actually looking forward to it a little bit more than oh, I yes. am.
1: <laughs> I, oh yes, I do. I do.
0: I, I'm approaching with a, a slight bit more dread. Um, of all teams we could have got, I think Hoffenheim is a nightmare for us. Um, we were looking for a, a, a maybe a, an easier tra- passage in there. Hoffenheim, to me, presents a very, very stiff challenge. But listen, Liz, thank you so much for your time today. And maybe before you go, can you maybe tell our listeners where, where they can find you on Twitter, any work that you're doing, any websites you want to plug, please feel free.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, Facebook, you can find it very easy if you spell my name right, which is very difficult. Uh, and on Twitter, I have, like, it's... Uh, one underscore and then capital L, capital P and then the rest of my name. But usually you will will see my face and then, you know, it's me
0: that is fantastic well listen from wfi's point of view of a lot of pods with two scouting pods out there mexican pods out the russian pods out um there's an in my life out there there's all our pods are coming back with the start of the season so next week's going to be quite busy EPL and whatnot will be back next week i'd just like to take the final opportunity to thank lutz for his time it's very very much appreciated very very much appreciated indeed and just thanks again to the listener and until the next one just need to say goodbye